There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the episode of Classic Ads from Simpler Times that will deliver a piece of trivia about how a well-known Japanese car brand sources the leather for its car seats that will literally blow your mind. Your mind will be blown. Terms and conditions apply. Some minds may not be blown. This week, the pound shop time machine that is our podcast about old ads makes a crash landing in 2003, where I haven't slept for two years. Tones is probably still out and about with Jennifer Love Hewitt hanging off his every word. And everyone's worked out that if you're doing an impersonation of Morgan Freeman and you say the word titty sprinkles, you're pretty much a shoe in for a job as his double. Ah yes, 2003. Fondly remembered for various small wars on the Arabian Peninsula and allegations that Bad Boys 2 was the highest grossing film of the year. In this episode, Tony decides he's taking over researching this year's events during the actual recording. And although I'd love to be able to report that it was a car crash, he actually does okay, even taking into account the complete absence of any information about Ken Barlow. This week, we're looking at an ad for the seventh generation Honda Accord, a car so bland that it's quite possible to believe that the Klingon cloaking device came as standard on the base model. And yet, the ad that launched it is a thing of balletic, kinetic beauty that nearly 20 years later has yet to be matched for the complexity of its simplicity. So get your pod on and find out how a commercial that would take £1 million to make was pitched using the mousetrap board game and a clip from a film that features the world's worst Cockney accent. We'll find out what Heath Robinson and Rube Ginsburg have in common, then reveal which 20-year-old rap song Honda thought would help the brand get down with the youth in it. So join me, Steve Cook, and my co-host, award-winning advertising creative and TV ad director Tony Williams, as we look at an advert that delivers two minutes of absolutely compelling entertainment. A TV commercial that takes your expectations, attaches angel wings to them, and then allows them to fly off somewhere where they can thrive and grow in the sunlight of its example. Go on, have a listen. You know you want to. Mm, I do love me some titty sprinkles. 
Oh, wait, so we're swerving 2003, or are you no, doing No, we're going to do 2003, because you haven't done your research. But, nay, I have an internet connection, and I can tell you what happened in the year 2003. Okay, you're making me sound bad here, but there is a lot to get through with this ad. I'll be quick. Okay, you tell me what you think happened in 2003. I can't remember. Do you know why I can't remember? It's because the twins were born in 2001, and I just hadn't had any sleep for two years at that stage. Jeez. That is the I worst excuse. I couldn't tell you. You have no idea. To all our listeners with twins, thank you for your empathy. Well, the space shuttle Columbia blew up. That happened on February the 1st. But in other good news, Ronaldo's Manchester United debut. Wasn't there a war in Iraq or something? What is it good for? Huh. Huh. Absolutely nothing. It was the last flight of which plane? Uh, Concorde. Correct, Mondo. Have you ever flown Concorde? Nope. It only has one set of toilets right in the middle. So you can tell the people have never flown it before, but they go, excuse me, where's the toilet? They go, you've not flown before, have you? <laughs> and then, you know, just hopefully the supersonic boom doesn't come out just as you leave the, the toilet. Whoa! <clears throat> so uh, what else happened? Uh, the United States Department of Homeland Security officially begins operation just in time for the United States to plan an invasion of Iraq due to an imminent threat from weapons of mass destruction. Saddam Hussein, former president of Iraq, was captured in Tikrit. Um, what else happened? Lance Armstrong wins his fifth Tour de France. Oh, if we only Ooh, knew then, eh? Lance Armstrong. What a balls up that was. No pun intended. Serial cheat. Yeah. Americans rename French fries to what? Freedom fries. Freedom fries. The last old-style Volkswagen Beetle rolled off the production line where? Mexico. Mexico. Um, so I do remember some stuff from 2000. The highest temperature ever recorded in the UK was? Oh, I reckon that's going to be around about 38.6 degrees centigrade. Oh, that's 38.5. Oh, 101.3 Fahrenheit for our international listeners. <laughs> there must have been a lot of farmers' towns there. There would be so many windows wound down with a red arm out. Oh, can you imagine the whining, though? The, oh, the, God, the oh, it's in there. Oh, it's hot. Oh. Is it too hot for you? Oh, it's not even a dry heat, is it? It's not like that dry heat that you get in Mallorca. Well, in France, a 104-degree heat wave kills approximately 5,000 people. Uh, and this was yeah, the, yeah, the, the president. Show, nobody really cares. Do they? Oh, I have to edit that out. Let's have a look. What else? Um, terrorist bomb in the United Nations. Baghdad headquarters. Upgrade. And... The biggest blackout in the history of the North Americans. Some 50 million people in the northeastern states of the US and southern Canada lose power. Right. I tried to edit all so we get the interesting bits. Oh, I'm sorry. Was that not interesting? All right. Give, all right. Okay. Give me two of the most popular films of the year. 2003. Yeah. One of them would have to be a Harry Potter film. No. Gladiator. No. Um, Bad Boys 2. Lost in Translation. Bad Boys 2. How could Bad Boys 2 be one of those popular films? Finding of the year? Nemo. That was when um, Ellen was nice. Um, the Matrix Reloaded. Didn't know it was shot. Um. Pirates of the Caribbean. Bruce Almighty. Terminator 3. Interestingly, because it's the same year that Arnold Schwarzenegger was um, voted in. I was governor of California. The highest grossing film of the year was in fact the final movie of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, Return of the King, which wrecked in 1.4 billion US dollars at the box office. Bad Boys 2 came in at number 10 with a paltry $278 million. Popular musicians. 2003, I've got no idea. Shania Twain. This sounds like you'll see your playlist. Hilary Duff, Nora Jones, Pink, Shania Twain, Avril Lavigne, 50 Cent, Clay Aiken. 50 Cent. There you go. So I'm sorry mine's not as interesting. 
Um, oh, what uh, what did Ken Barlow do on Coronation Street? I was going to say, uh, oh, let's, let's get to the nitty gritty. Right? <laughs> right, now let's talk about an ad that works. Okay, the ad that we're looking at today launched the seventh generation Honda Accord. The most stolen car in Australia, the Honda Accord. Or was really? it Civic? I don't know, I can't remember, it was dark. No, Civic, uh, yeah, one of them. Um, this ad is called, Tony? Cog. And it was created by Whedon Kennedy. Whedon Kennedy. The creative team was Matt Gooden and Ben Walker. The production, which is the, which is kind of the important bit, the production was done by a French company called Partisan Midominui, who had also produced work for 7up and the video for U2's Vertigo. I remember that. Won a Grammy. That was the one where it went around and below and around and you couldn't work out how it actually did it. Um, they won a Grammy for that. And in 2016, the company produced a movie called Moonwalkers, starring Ron Perlman and Rupert Grint, that nobody has ever seen. Rupert Grint, who's from um, Harry Potter. Harry, Harry Potter. The, the Ginger. The Ginger. That's why nobody's seen it. But Harry you Potter, get, I saw it. Uh, who's uh, going to go and watch a movie that's got a ginger bloke starring in it? Rod Holt did all right. Um, <laughs> Do you want to explain the ad before we get into it? T- tell us, talk us through the ad. What happens? Well, parts... A car is distant over there. Hang on. Live from Tony Williams' kitchen. And one, two, three. Basically, a disassembled car. I feel like the ragged hat on Hang on. I was good in Shakespeare, no Hamlet. Here I am on this bloody shit. I'm charged by the eye now. So basically, a, a car um, is. Oh, fucking hell. I said a hip. So this is a great ad. Um, all parts of the Honda Accord. Um, normally just the wheels are taken off, but the whole car's been taken <laughs> apart. And they all work beautifully um, in sync with each other to create a, what's it called in a, England? A, a Heath. It's a Heath Robinson. Robinson in England. In, it's and a, and a Rube Ginsburg in America. And in Japan, I think it's a show called Pekoro Pekoro. So, you know, where this falls over and it makes a ball roll down a slope and which hits a spring and the spring goes up. But they do it all with the car parts. So, you know, the windscreen wipers move something which hits a, a, a bolt, which slides down the tube, which hits this and that. It's very, very clever. Watch it. There's a link. <laughs> it's a very visual ad. Here's the ad. As Tone says, it's a very, very, very visual ad. So if you haven't seen it, it's well worth trundling over to our YouTube channel to have a watch. The link's in the pod notes, as you very well know.
advice when things just work? Um, and the message at the end is also very clever because it has the world's coolest voice that, if I'm not wrong, because I haven't watched it um, recently, which say something like... So you haven't watched the ad that we're reviewing? Well, no, I've seen it so many times. Okay. But just for specifics, sorry, maybe you'd like to remind me what the end tag says. The end tag says, isn't it nice when everything just works? But it's read in a way, you imagine the guy sitting there and he's you know, second on a hookah at one side, and he's got a, you know, a cup of tea in the other and he's got slippers. He goes, isn't it nice when everything just works? And Something like that. And you'd think that it'd be just some guy, just some voiceover guy. It's not Tommy Cooper, is it? It's not Tommy Cooper, no. Do you no, know who it is? Um, no. It's Garrison Keillor. Who? Garrison Keillor, who's a very famous um, American author and radio host. Oh. He, for, for about 30 years, he had a radio show called Tales from the Prairie. Is he a late night sort of DJ? He's got that very... That was some no, he's not a jazz. DJ. He's an author who happened oh, sorry, to have a radio... Oh, right. Yeah, he's an author who happened to have a radio show. There you go. That's the Honda Cog. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks very much. See you next time. Oh, he's got all his bits of paper all lined up with lots of trivia. Can I get trivia? And you haven't. <laughs> I remember you the You can ad. do the trivia if you want. No, you do it, please. So, here's the first bit of trivia. Oh, yeah. The idea was originally pitched to Honda for the launch. Oh, the client didn't have it, did he? It's the client idea. No, it was originally pitched to Honda for the launch of the Corolla in the UK, but they turned it down. Ooh. Why? Uh, not sure. Hmm. The agency resurrected it for the Accord. Oh, the old bottom drawer idea. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Mr. Gooden and Mr. Walker, who were the creatives, then pitched it for the Accord with a 30-second trial film that they said was inspired by the children's board game Mousetrap. Do you remember Mousetrap? Oh, it's right here, sitting under there. Of course I do. Yeah. The ball never fell through the bath correctly, so the guy wouldn't spring over and... Yeah, so he'd set it all up and it'd go... Brrr. So apparently it was inspired yeah. by the Mousetrap and, yeah. the bre- and the breakfast-making machine from the film Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Also you- written by Ian Fleming, member of the family. I was going to say, you probably don't remember Chitty Chitty Bang Chitty Bang, Chitty Bang, but- Bang Bang, we love you. Oh, oh. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, what do you do? Dun, dun. Yeah. I remember being taken to the movies by my parents to see that one as a Is child. that the one with the child catcher in? It is. Ah, I was talking about this the other day. Freaky, scary child it's catcher. very scary. Yeah. Apparently that was um, Roger Moore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, <get> it, <laughs> it was Jimmy. I like my children shaking. Not stirred. It was Jimmy Savile. <laughs> It very actually, you know what? It, it was a little bit Jimmy Savile esque. I was telling the kids how spooky it was. Yeah, but their um, their distant relative wrote it. They won't watch it. Say so shit. <laughs> Car with wings. So they showed Honda the thirty second second trial film based, um, and I think at the same time they showed the mouse the mousetrap. I gave a mousetrap, right? And showed them the clip from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Which clip? Honda the the Dick Van Dyke. Yes, he wasn't in his accent, was he? Cool, no. blimey! No, so in the clip, it's. Um, do you remember um, Wallace and Gromit? Yeah. When when Wallace wakes up in the morning and he has the machine. That oh yeah, which yeah yeah takes yeah. his. Which the is like, off and a bit like Back to the Future and it moves the bread and it, yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly that idea. Right. Except that the, um, the guy, the chitty chitty bang bang guy and his two children. Oh, of course he does. Yeah, that's his invention. But the egg, sausage, and egg. Eggs, eggs, but, yes. sausages and eggs, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. Honda liked... We didn't buy any sausages, Daddy. Honda... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm just eating. No. <laughs> okay. Honda liked the 30-second trial film, but they wanted to see a version that used Accord parts. Mm. So they went back and did a little trial. And then Honda came back and said that they specifically had a couple of bits that they wanted to show. And 
Um, one of them was the wing mirror indicator, oh. which apparently at the time was a massive innovation. Yeah. And the other one was the rain-sensitive windscreen. That's right, because the water drops. Yes, yes. Um, and the feeling in the agency was that ultimately Honda bought the ad because they weren't the, the clients weren't marketers. They were all engineers at heart. Mm. And so they thought that it was a an engineering solution to a brand problem. Really? The budget for this advert was a million pounds. So it should be. Which we'll come back to a bit later on. At the time of the shoot, there were only six complete seventh generation accords in the whole of Europe. I didn't want a complete one. Wyden Kennedy took one of them to bits. Good. And um, the other one was used in the end shop. Because was it a reveal of the new car? Because this was a generic, I mean, it was for... It was a launch of the of the seventh generation. But they didn't actually show the complete car, did they? Yeah, they did. Did yeah. they? Yeah, in the end shot. Oh, not in the Ward version. So do you remember mean. in the end shot, there's the, uh, the car is on some kind of like a like a the back of a tipper yes, lorry or something, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it tips up and rolls down, yeah, of course. and hits a little stick, of course, and it, which unfolds. And it unfolds the, and yeah, says, yeah, yeah, of course. And then there is uh, the end shot, which it, it just says Honda, the power of dreams. There's no call to action on it, no website on it. So I've got John Hughes walking in going, <laughs> <laughs> these bits are going to come together in my yard. I, what, what, what's John Hughes? What I say? make my promise. I want your business and I'm, I'm prepared, prepared to, to pay, pay for, it. for it. I don't have to sell much. That's why I've become one of the wealthiest yeah. men in Western Australia, that's you fucking That's why I'm wearing Hermes mugs. belt that my daughter bought for me because it says H for Hughes. Doesn't John, it says Hermes. Yeah, well, I said it says H. Cog, I really should watch that. Yes. Okay, what is the biggest fallacy, Tony, around the production of this ad? That it was done in CG, that it wasn't done for real, that it was done in small parts and patched together, that it wasn't done in one complete um, go, that it wasn't real car parts. Okay, that's a long answer. Well, I'm the, sorry, the what, big, do you, what were you looking for? Well, the for? biggest fallacy in the advertising industry is that it was done in one take. And that's, it was, right, that's what I meant, in, in it, different parts. And it wasn't. No, it wasn't. It was done in two takes. Two. Well, I mean, they did once in the morning, once in the afternoon, said, fuck it, we got it, let's go. No, they shot half of it in one take and shot half of it because in another take. Because they couldn't take. find a space large enough, right? Exactly. And you wouldn't be able to light exactly. it. And, yeah. Exactly. They couldn't find a place big enough. There were 85 uh, Honda Accord parts in that ad. Yeah. They shot it in two 60-second takes using uh, a dolly and a techno crane. They didn't need 100 takes over five days before they could get it. And some of the reasons that the takes failed was because the techno crane was so complex to operate. The only work that they did in post, so you're right, there's absolutely no CGI in it. Um, it was all done on set on the day during mm. it took five days to film and they actually had a special effects guy on set to advise them how they could shoot it so they didn't have to use cgi yeah and clean it with shadows and everything. Yeah. there were two things that they did in post one was they had to recenter a couple of shots mm. in the video edit suite i'm sure for the yeah speed yeah. yeah and the other one was they adjusted the actual speed of the film yeah. For dramatic purposes. Yeah. So um, advertising folklore says that it was all shot in one shot. It wasn't, it was shot in two. And also it's been subject to persistent rumours about CGI. There's no CGI in it. Except for cleanups and, and probably working. Yeah, uh, even then they're saying no. Because so you can imagine how complex it was, I guess, to light it, for instance, because you've got that great big crane angling around all the time. So you've got to light it so there's no shadows and blah, blah, blah. Incredibly complex. There is a making of documentary. Mm. I think it's one of the last shots of the documentary. It says take number 606. Oh, really? Yeah, and that apparently was the creative boys being funny. Ah, uh, 
So it took around about 100 takes, 20 takes a day over five days. So because I know I'm looking up the the trivia now, they were saying even just the slightest temperature difference would, you know, changed everything. Um, Yeah. So they're saying saying that um, they'd go in one day and a segment would work and then it'd rain overnight Mm. and they'd go in the next day and because the humidity had changed and the temperature changed, it wouldn't work. Well, yeah, Because some of the tolerances were down to a 16th inch. Yeah. So the first scene is a wheel bearing rolling down a plank of wood and it hits a synchro cog and apparently... It took them an hour and a half just to do that shot. It's got such a satisfying sound as well. And the ad takes place entirely in silence right up until the CD player is activated at the end. But do you not, you know, you hear the bearing go Yeah, you just hear the, the noise of the, yeah. the actual so not, noise yeah. that took place. But so, it's all very satisfying because it sounds exactly as you would imagine it would looking at it, you know, the, yeah. with the materials and stuff. And then the CD plays activate at the end. And what plays tones? Sugar Hill's Gang. Sugar Hill Gang. With their 1982 Rapper's Delight. That was a shrill gang that grabs the light there, reproducing an audio- acoustic version. And then go. The uh, <laughs> and then go. <laughs> and then Garrison Keeler narrates the seven-word voiceover. Isn't it nice when things just work? Any idea why they use rappers' delight? Um, any idea? No, I don't. I'm interested. I'll give, you, I'll give you a clue. Historically, what's the demographic for, for Honda? Um, older ladies, families, middle-aged. Middle-aged men. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. yeah. So they thought that using a, what, a popular rap combo. Play a popular rap song, maybe by that guy Vanilla Ice. <laughs> no, he's not doing it anymore. They thought that that might help youngsters. Let's connect with the kids. Let's put some graffiti on the skateboard. It's a great track. The two-minute version premiered on ITV during what? During the Brazilian Grand Prix. Good on you. Um, what was the problem... With the ad generally, it was a two-minute spot. What was the problem with the ad? Um, it was, couldn't do a cut down. They did a sixty-second cut down and five thirty-second cut downs. Mm, yeah, but did the fifteen work? <laughs> did the blinkers work? <laughs> did the five-second YouTube pre-rolls really do that, the job for them? Uh, the problem was that two-minute ads extremely expensive. Sure. So the, once you blow it all in the production. So the original two-minute ad only ran 11 times. It only ran 11 times uh, in three markets, UK, Australia, and Sweden. I would wager that everybody that watched that ad watched it until the end. It's, it's not the sort of thing you suddenly get up and go, oh, I was going to make a cup of tea halfway through, is it? You'd watch it till the very end. But this is 2003, the year of the internet. There was you know a lot of viral films and online, so <laughs> yeah, it would so have been wasted. What happened with it was, um, specifically in the UK, at the two-minute Never the two minute ad never aired. Sorry, in the USA, mm. the two minute ad never aired in the US. Right, but it got massive amounts of traction because it got picked up by CNN and those kind of guys, and was downloaded 
millions of times. Yeah, yeah. From the nascent, so um, the, the traffic was um, the nascent internet. The increase in traffic for for Honda. Yes. How did it go with the website? Apparently, it went very well. The increase in traffic will, was fantastic. <laughs> very good. In the twenty four hours after the ad aired during the Brazilian Grand Prix, the Honda website got more traffic than every other car brand combined. Wow. 10,000 people requested a brochure or a copy of the ad in the three weeks after it first ran. Request a copy of the ad? You could get a copy of the ad on a DVD. Huh. Right? So on the DVD, there was the make, there was the ad itself, mm. the making of documentary, mm. and a video of... Sugar Hill Gang. Sugar Hill Gang. That's Brilliant. Yes. I love this. This is so... You can tell that you're kind of on the cusp of massive media change. They put 1.2 million DVDs as loose inserts in British newspapers mm-hmm. over the, over one weekend. How good is that? So in the Sunday Times or the Observer or uh, what else could you read at the weekend? News of the Screws. Yeah. Uh, on Sunday. They just dropped a DVD in it. 1.2 million DVDs. Can you imagine the bloke that got the contract to um, to copy those? Yeah. Fan- we, um, fantastic. We did a, 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 what's called gift with purchase with, with cartons of cigarettes in Japan because you couldn't advertise anymore. So over one week Christmas period, it got rid of 6.8 million. <laughs> amazing. In one week. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> My time working in direct mail in London was, I just love that. We used to send out direct mail campaigns for American Express. We'd send out three million letters at a time. Oh, Christ. And then they would call on a Wednesday and say how many telephone calls they got. And it was like, you know, you cut the original cause and effect of advertising. It was fantastic. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's like the shopping channel stuff. They literally, the ad's on the screen and they're watching the, the computer yeah. to see what, yeah. Yeah. So cause and effect for this, sales of Honda vehicles in the UK rose by nearly 30%. I would say it also put Honda on a, on a much sort of more sophisticated plane, don't you think? Oh, God, yeah. I mean, Except that, you get Barry going in and going, well, I've seen you, prove it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, and as I mentioned earlier, I think that's why they, the client loved it because it was an engineering solution. Mm. Honda, I guess if you, if you think of anything about the brand, it is about being slightly over-engineered. About perfection. Yeah. yeah. I don't no? know. I think it's about lifestyle, fit. There's nothing... You know, when you think of Honda, you think of reliable. It's got yeah. a little bit of difference, but I don't think it'd be as highly engineered. They always, they always had a kind of slightly uh, dreary design feel about Honda cars. Yeah, very yeah. conservative. Try a little bit different, but it never. It always looked a few years, you know, behind. But if you think about it, the N-Tag, all it's saying is, "Hey, shit works." I mean, that's, you know, imagine selling another car going, isn't it great when it works? Well, the, I mean, the N-Tag is the power of dreams. I've actually seen the brand book for power of dreams, and I wish I could tell you something interesting about it. Yeah, but power of dreams. Exactly. Dreams, very, I mean, that's, yeah, that's it, all a feeling, Toyota, power of dreams, you know, tomorrow's tomorrow today. I can't, I can't, I can't inspired by it, but as a strapline, power of dreams. No, but for, for this that. piece of communication, you know, I can't remember to say power of dreams, is, the, you know, the, the tie-up is, isn't it nice when everything just works, right, yeah. or something like that? So basically saying, yeah, it, it actually works. It don't worry, it won't break down, or it's not shit. It's it's you know, it's a reliable product, right? Yep. You wouldn't get Alexa saying beautiful, streamlined, hermetically sealed doors. It's good when shit works, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's like you take it for granted. So, but it's um, yep. the sort of the sign off. It really um, doesn't do the the quality justice in some sense. It underplays it, but yeah. Um, visits to Honda dealerships rose to an average of three thousand seven hundred per month, with twenty two percent of those visits resulting in the purchase of a Honda. Wow. All in all, the advert was credited, and this is just in the UK, with increasing Honda's revenue by nearly $400 million. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, £400 million. There you go. That's, yeah. it's, an, it's a great ad. It is a brilliant in, ad. In that it's extremely simple in its complexity. It's, um, 
It's one of, yeah, as you said, there's the, the big sort of thing. You look at it, you go, oh, it's not real, can't be. But the ad would be disastrous and rubbish for everyone involved if it wasn't real. Like, mm. there'd be no point in Honda doing it. There'd be no point in investing your time, engaging, watching it. It's because it's real and it's so clever, you know. When you mentioned the um, the automatic windscreen wipers, it just, yeah, dawned on me because I've seen it so many times you know, as the drop happens and the windscreen wiper moves, but I never connected it with automatic windscreen wipers. You just connected with things working and the um the speakers the bass was brilliant they're vibrating um, so the ad was directed by a bloke called Antoine Badou Jacquet mm. who worked for the production house Partisan Mido Minui and it was actually his decision not to use CGI so right up until the time he was appointed mm. they were thinking that they'd have to do the bulk of it in CGI and he, and he kind of said well no why don't we do it uh, properly in real time it's um and you know it's done in two parts obviously because of the space right for obvious there are some limitations it's not that it couldn't be done in one just for the shooting and do you know where the join was I do know exactly where the uh, join was that I knew. where was the join tones it was on the roll four times of the exhaust pipe every time it rolled four times and that's where the join was yep I'm going to look for that now um, I have looked for it and I'm not good enough to see it I couldn't see it this advert received more awards than any commercial in the history of British advertising. Is that right? The jury for the British TV Advertising Awards gave the piece the highest score of any commercial ever recorded. Is that right? The car also received the highest possible advertising accolade. What, another one from us? No, the readers of Auto Express. Oh, an exchange in Mart. <laughs> the readers of Auto Express voted it the best car ad ever. Did that wasn't, uh, that wasn't you say, Hang on, hang on. I'm having a flashback here. Didn't you say about another ad we reviewed? It was reviewed the best car ad of all time. Uh, that sounds very familiar. You might be rolling off that. Right, it was the same survey. So it was the same survey, but, uh-uh. but that was the uh, Fiat Strada. Do you remember? Yeah, of course. I remember, built yeah. by robots. Yeah, but this is the one that they voted the best. Fiat Strada was like voted number five or something like that. The only award it didn't receive was the Grand Prix at Cannes, in part because. The chairman of Khan that year was Dan Whedon. Wyden. Wyden. And apparently at Khan it's bad form for the chairman to vote for any work done by the rain yeah, agency. But, yeah, but he would abstain from that if it's his own work. Okay, so that that is the official explanation. The unofficial explanation is that there's a huge plagiarism claim about the ad. Oh, really? Yeah. So two Swiss artists called Peter... Fishley and David Weiss had previously made an out an, um, a 29-minute art house movie called The Way Things Go. Mm. The film was apparently widely known within the ad industry. And they, they, being the artists, had turned down several offers to use the concept in ads. Yeah, but you know what? They weren't the first to invent that whole process. It's no. been done around the world. So, yep. so we sorry, Mr. Weiss. We're back to Heath Robinson and <coughs> Ruth Yeah, Ginsburg. it's, it's yeah. like saying, you know, you, you know, we cracked an egg in, into a pan and sorry, you know, that's yep. our idea. Terrible. Their movie. film was 29 minutes and 45 seconds long, but it actually got edited down to three minutes. Right. And it's on the internet and there's a lot of um, things catching fire and burning and yeah, dissolving but, uh, and slowly sliding <laughs> down a rock. And, and it's... Um, yeah, I mean, it's been around a long time. Yep, and it features 24 edits. Whedon and Kennedy... Whedon and Kennedy, yeah. Wyden Kennedy did eventually admit that when they briefed the creatives at the agency, that film was circulated with the brief. Sure. And they did admit that they directly copied the sequence where the tyres rolled uphill. 
How did they do that? I mean, not copy. How did they get them to roll uphill? I think they waited. We've had this uh, conversation now multiple times, haven't we, about plagiarism, what constitute, constitutes plagiarism. Well, I mean, you, yeah, but it's not art. So every ad. You know, the, there's, a, there's, a, there's a thing where artists go, oh, that's plagiarism. And then the advertising industry goes, well, it's not, we're not creating art. We're not pretending that we in, invented this particular wheel. It, you refer to it, yes. you know? When Da Vinci painted the Mona Lisa or his students did or whatever, you know, he, he based it on something else he's seen or done. Yeah. I, it never went to court. There was never any... Film there were has no it, damages, has none of that just, bullshit. Yeah, but you know, for some, but someone to is, say, yeah, you've got a bit of that's the feeling about why it didn't win at Cannes. And yeah, Cannes, well, that's a and shame. Cannes, the Grand Prix was the only thing that that's white, a shame. So it's widens in America, right? Uh, no, this is widens in London. Oh, was it? Okay, yeah. So they're white at DNAD, uh, the Euros, yeah, all that kind of shit, and they just missed out at Cannes. It is a great. I wonder um, how much uh, of a boost the track, the music track, got. Or whether sales went up or somebody looking in again or because that's great. It's interesting, isn't it? That when you listen to that track <laughs> if you heard that on the radio now, you wouldn't say, Oh that that track's forty one years old. Forty one years old, is it? Yeah, it was so the track originally came out in nineteen eighty. Yeah, people say that they see me. When they used this in the ad, it was twenty three years old. All I can hear is when you boom boom boom, I hear that dance from the sheik. That's all I can hear, like somewhere <laughs> it's frustrating. Yeah. I want you to ex- I want you to talk about the craft, but we'll do that in the context of the scores on the doors. So, give me some scores on the doors for brand. What do you reckon? Well, for me, it's a kind of Coke did it first, so it's Coke. I think a brand. You could say, well, anybody could do it, but they didn't. I think brand's got to be a four point nine. Perhaps again, it's very difficult when you to sort of step back because as a as a viewer, you know, I know it's Coke, and I've seen it multiple times on reels and, and talked about it. So I see that I red Honda logo. You but- do have that thing. I, I, I was gonna. I was racking my brains originally to see if I ever remember seeing it on TV, and I hadn't. No. I, there's so many fantastic ads that I've only ever seen on reels. So yeah, but or someone shared it, you know. So yeah. for a, a brand, that's that's the ultimate, right? If someone actually shares it, goes yeah. look at this. I think that's probably how I saw it, you know, several times. So for the brand, brilliant, four point nine. It's a, it was definitely a game changer for for Honda in terms of brand perception. There's another another thing from 2003, the word game changer. Sorry, I keep doing that. It's going Sorry, all, Dad. all 2003 suit. Good hip-hop, yeah. The casting of Garrison Keeler to do a seven-word voiceover. Well, I, I, Could anybody have done that voiceover, Tones? Could I have done that? It made where everything just fucking works. Isn't it great when everything Look, just works? Well, do you know what? It's surprising. They did, because, you know, they tend to use regional accents. It's, it's a trend, isn't it? You know? Like, it's great when everything works. <laughs> or, you know, I don't know. Isn't it great when everything works? So it's a surprise that did... Um, He's American, yeah. But, yeah, it's it's the way only Americans can do it. You know, like, sometimes, yeah, some of the best print ads. Countries are probably... It's great when everything works. <laughs> Who's that? Come on, kiddies. <laughs> It's voiceover guy. Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> I thought it was a bloke in the ice cream van who used to come round. Want <laughs> a finger of fudge? <laughs> it always sounds like Mr. Jelly. That's who it is. Is it Mr. Jelly? No, who's um, Mr. Jelly? He's from um, the, the uh, oh, there's the British comedy, um, Mr. Jelly. No. Not Mr. Jolly, I'm blue, Mr. Jelly. But yeah, it's the only way, you know, he used to do print ads and try and get that headline that said, um, you know, some things in life never really, you know, like, to try and get that, that attitude and it's it's the epitome of it. It's fantastic. It's Brilliant voiceover. I don't care who he is. don't care what books he's written. don't okay. care, you know, what radio shows he's done. That it's sounds, an amazing voice. That so. sounds like a very solid five to me from you on that. Is that's that a five? big five. It's a five. Five. 
Okay, talk to me about... I think it'd be interesting, actually. You've made commercials for cars for two separate brands, as far as I understand it. Can you talk briefly about how difficult it is, what the client expects in terms of showing the product, and then maybe if you've got anything to say about how difficult you think this ad might have been to make, I'd be really interested. Well, it can be two ends of the spectrum, really. If it's a new car... Um, and you're working on the creative uh, of a model that's never been seen. It's incredibly difficult. I worked on some creative for I say, yeah, Mazda with an agency, and you know they make their clay model, model and, and what have you, and and sometimes that's all you have, and it's then like a one-off, and it's hidden like in a compound and pictures. So sorry, so you're trying to come up with creative for a, a for, car that's for a not car. even in production. Or, or it's, it's about to be, or no, nobody yeah. can see it. It's like the 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 car magazines, you know, get to go and get their glimpse and sure. you know under wraps. I've worked on, you know, I've been given storyboards for um, cars, which illustrated to do um, like an end tag, like the power of dreams or whatever. And the illustration has been mosaic, right? <laughs> it's, it's like, it's so difficult. So how do you come up with something if you don't know what the car is? Sure. So that's incredibly diff- difficult, like these guys um, had, you know, it's like, it's not out on the road. So it goes to the other end where if it's a car that's already out, it doesn't really matter. You can... You know, nobody really wants to show anything off in any way. It's all about the idea and, oh, yeah, that looks good. That doesn't um, – there's very little that they want to sort of feature. Are there any no-nos for, that you get from clients about how they want their product to be shown in, in, uh, on screen? Oh, um, yeah, for sure. I mean, one um, – again, it's hard to say it without the names, but one idea um, we were talking about – we were working on a hybrid car – and it showed him, um, I think the idea was showing wildlife living in the exhaust pipe and it's talked about nature and a polar bear was sitting in the shadow of the car and, and it's like, yeah, we can't do that because um, even though it's a hybrid car, we are actually the world's largest car manufacturer and the bigger this polluter of, sure. you know, of anything. So you can't show bits of a car that, that pollute. You can't show other cars. You can't do comparative stuff. If you're showing a car, you can't like put another car next to it, mm-hmm. which is, you know, sounds like, yeah, obviously, but... It's not as easy as you think, right? And then there's some features which you can't show, but you have to explain. Um, like Lexus, like, you know, like the doors are literally so tight, they're literally hermetically sealed. And the fact that they're, um, they're leather that they use, they only use from one side of the cow because cows always sleep on the same side. So they take the soft side and not the, you know, the bad leather. Um, <laughs> Is that and, true? Yeah, it's true. It, like, it's, it's an unbelievable amount of technology. And one of the ideas we worked on, it was like strip the whole car down to one screw and it's like they pay that much attention. And I think one of the classic ads I did was uh, that, 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 you know, the um, champagne glass um, tree and they put it on the bonnet of a car. Yeah. And, yeah. and they ran the car just yep. to show. So you can say it's got the smoothest running edge. So there's all these things you can say about it that you can't really show. You know, how do you show that it's got like precision doors or how do you show that it's got the mm. best leather? Otherwise you end up with some, you know, cheesy Vaseline lens Asian guy driving through the mountains to his weekend retreat and it's, it's all the. And there's um, no shortage of those. No, exactly. Lexus have got um, uh, one currently shot in Sydney, haven't they? Where the voiceover is so uh, profoundly not Australian. <laughs> it's, well, that's it's okay shocking, with the multicultural market, but it's, but it's like, they, markets look at cars like the Chinese look at Mercedes in a very, very different way than the Europeans do. Mm-hmm. Incredibly different way. And they want different things. They want that sort of sunset coming over, you know, the, the, the driving experience, or they're actually not, sometimes not even driving, they're in the back seat. Because they get chauffeured, you know, people sure. can afford a Mercedes. So it's a very, very different experience. You know, they're not interested in people getting near it with shopping bags and showing it opening. Yeah, it's, um, this would have been difficult, I understand, because there were new cars and the engineers wanted to use specific bits of the car. So, it's, yeah, what, so that's what I'm saying, the cleverness of the line. What are they selling? They're basically saying, when it's all put together, it, it works well. 
basically as it should. It's not, it's not making any, you know, it doesn't drive faster, it doesn't look better. It's funny, it the, yeah. the two bits that um, Honda asked to get in with a little indicator on the wind yeah. mirror and the other one was the water the water sensitive windscreen. So, so, they, so the water sprays onto the windscreen yeah. and then I found this quite disturbing where the windscreen wipers walk across the floor. Oh, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah that's right. Yeah. Every every slightly kind that of Doctor, bit, yeah. Doctor Who ish about yeah. the whole thing. That is so, so the indicators on the yeah you know the average consumer would have looked at it and maybe made a note or not. But it's the it's the car fanatics and you know the auto trader whatever you know the car media auto media that see that and love it and it's new for them. So you know when you buy a car you listen to your your mum your dad your uncle your neighbour and one of those are going to be. Uh, are going to be in the know about you know, reading car magazines or being a car enthusiast. They'll say, oh, don't mind one of those fucking Hondas. No, 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 Barry says they're terrible, right? So you need Barry. <laughs> what you want is... <laughs> you don't want to do that. What, you, do want, what you want is an Austin Maxi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, well, it's, it's, you know, it's those people that you've got to show those things to, not the average consumer, they don't give a shit, right? Who will then be that that silent sort of um, advocate approval. For, advocate approval, for the brand. Because yeah, like, everyone knows something like that. So that's what it's for, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, the biggest epiphany, I think, when I was doing car advertising, realised we were doing Jaguar in Japan. You know, people don't buy a Jaguar or any car like that um, by looking at it in a magazine or a brochure. They see someone driving past, they think, oh, he looks cool. That's, I mean, men do, you know? Or women look, oh, that's convenient, I'd like that. And they sort of see themselves in it. So you can do as many ads as you want, but it's it's really those ambassadors and opinion leaders that, mm. you know, make you buy it. Um, apart from this this ad, I mean, we, we've heard that uh, it took 100 takes over five days. The thing that I didn't mention is it actually took them six months of planning. Yeah, I would imagine. So they, they planned out every single segment. We'd have to, yeah. They had some ideas that just they couldn't make work, including using airbags. And, mm. um, they had a lot of stuff that didn't work. It took them six months to work it out segment by segment. And then, so it's quite interesting. It only took them five days to shoot it. But they actually had the car engineers, they had a sculptor, they had a designer. Again, no. They had some guy who was involved in dance to advise them about how stuff should about flow, and it's very, very interesting. But saying they didn't, they were very open to new ideas. It's, it's, it didn't really have a strategic brief. They would just sort of tell us about the car, yeah. which was interesting, yeah. right? And it, it was an engineering problem. Ultimately, found it so easy to sell the creative idea to the client because it was an engineering solution, and the the Honda guys were all about engineering, not about marketing, not about brand. The power of dreams strap is almost incidental. It's Oh yeah, the power of dreams means you forget about it. Yeah, it's completely it's, overpowered yeah. by the creative work. It's so simple and bare naked, you can't bullshit in it. Here's my last tri- bit of trivia. The bit I love about this ad is the two creative guys were never on set. Is that right? Yeah, so they did a whole heap of drawings which outlined the idea from where to go and not a single idea in their drawing was used in the final act. But what did happen was the director would video each little segment and send it over to them, mm. and they'd go, yeah, happy with that. And lesser creators and lesser agencies would be on set all day. Yep. Got to go check my emails, yeah. Yep. Um, so, sorry, Les, are you okay with that, that ball bearing? <laughs> Could you try to any vegetarians? Any vegetarians? Yeah, We're sorry, having... what are we going for lunch today? Um, could you just try the ball bearing a little bit slower? I think, yeah, I think the guys would like to see that. As I say, it's a, it's a, it really is as, as naked and, and as creative that you can... Um, it's brilliant. Craft. Give me a number for craft. Five. Bye. Easy. Okay, and then the creativity score. Five. It is fairly creative, isn't it? God, yeah. In terms of, I mean, it's, I, I remember seeing it the first time 
And I was absolutely stunned by it's it. It's funny, it's because well, when you think of classic ads, like Hovis and, and whatever it may be, this is is the postmodern classic, isn't it? It's like, this will be the classic of where people look back at it, like, you know, kids, my kids, in five, ten years ago, God, you go see this film, look at this, it's amazing. Like, we look back and it's still going on gang now. 19.9, I think. If that's the same as another one, we need to take the other one down. Okay. So, so we're saying this is the best ad We need to start to fracture. I, well, it, it's very. It's not very often that you and I can sit in a room and talk for 60 minutes without slagging something off. That's so true. <laughs> I mean, you did have a dig at the French, and you know, I said that's why it took them so long. They're probably, they were probably striking. I don't think there's much job. else to say about that ad. It's a piece of genius. Yes, very good. Tones, that was brilliant. I love that ad. I well, really enjoy talking about it. Well, isn't it nice when everything just works? What are those two words that turns anybody into Morgan Freeman? Dirty sprinkles. <laughs> My name's Morgan Freeman. Andy Dufresne enjoyed Teddy sprinkles. <laughs> it was. He was getting busy trying. It gave him busy dying. He said to me, Morgan, or whatever his name was, can you do something for me? I said, sure, and uh, what do you want me to do? He said, Teddy Sprinkles. <laughs> I said, why or oh, why, and uh, he said, just Teddy Sprinkles. <laughs> so I went to that field for Andy, and I dug, and I dug. Why, oh, why, and uh, did I have to find no Teddy Sprinkles? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome this week's guest on Classic Ads for Simpler Times is Morgan Freeman. I'd like to know why, oh why, and your ads are so big and so creative and, well, just so down the morning. And uh, Dufresne never had those in Shawshank. I'm God. Teddy Sprinkles. This is going to set Enya off. She's going to set her off. <laughs> Too much time being devoted to Morgan Freeman and, oh, and fucking Colonel Dietrich. I said, everybody harp. Tones, thanks very much. Oh, sorry, that's been finished. No, I leave all this shit in. This is the most This is the most interesting bit. This is like the record of this. This is the bit where they're all off ahead. When you're off air and somebody goes, Who's that? I told you she was. I told you. Anyway. Wait, who's, where's your father the fair? I caught them in the disabled toilet. <laughs> <laughs> and then Jimmy Sowell came out after <laughs> There you have it, pod people. John Hegarty can shove his Vorsprung durch Technik right up his balloon knot. What an ad. What a song. What a day for a daydream. If you live in the UK, then by the time you listen to this oral treat, lockdown should be over. So go sit in the garden with a friend, listen to the birds, help yourself to just the right amount of wrong. You deserve it. And if you have any trouble at all with your conscience, just turn it off and turn it back on again. Ta-ra for now. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 